With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever in the world you are today. So today is episode 14 of Y Web 3, uh, getting ready to delve really into the cutting edge technologies that we see just evolving every day in, in this world. Uh, a notable shift in tax regulations now includes wrapped tokens in the DeFi world, uh, capital gains purviews, uh, enforcing reporting on crypto asset sales. There's an impact to DeFi liquidity pools and rewards. Uh, additionally, major players are securing crucial license markets, uh, licenses across markets are really around the world. Um, and we're just kind of seeing this transformative phase in crypto exchanges services, um, unlocking possibilities for diverse crypto-related uh, offerings. And really, we're seeing the kind of the security token custody platforms uh, emerge really much more in a collaborative way. A decentralized exchange is streamlining transactions through their mobile app, and a social network platform is adopting Web3 for seamless user migration. I think these are all really big trends, and I'm really excited for our panel that's here today. Um, let's go ahead and get some introductions, and then let's talk really about the news. And, and I think the world has absolutely changed uh, over the last few weeks. I was in London last week, so I wasn't able to, to record this. But Court, let's go ahead and, and kick it off with you. Good to see you again, sir. All right. Thanks, Jay. Uh, my name is Cord Voorhees. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Arden, which is a uh, blockchain infrastructure company that uh, aims to add blockchain to existing systems. So almost think of it as blockchain as an option, um, adding the strengths of blockchain to uh, rather than making people move wholesale over to, to new platforms. Uh, my background is in, uh, in education and uh, fiction writing and, uh, and book publishing. Fabulous. And startups before this. Yeah. Listen, it's, it's startups is its own addiction in itself. <laughs> and then you add blockchain in and we're all we're all in trouble. Uh, Klaus, good to see you again, sir. And, and good evening. I know it's late for you. Good, good evening. Uh, thank, thank you for inviting me here on, on, on the call. It's a great pleasure to be here. Uh, my background is, is as a researcher. I have a PhD in computer science and uh, soon left academia, went into the startup world and started several companies, first in the AI space, later in the blockchain space. The last five years I've been... CEO of uh, DDCS. We are one of the leading providers of tech infrastructure, wide-level solutions for organization of real-world assets with more than 150 clients globally in more than 40 countries. So we cover quite globally. Fabulous. No, uh, premier, one of the premier tokenizers uh, in Web3 to do so legally. Um, fabulous. And, and Dash, good to see you. Nice to meet you as well. Yeah, yeah, you too. Thanks, Jay. Great to join. Uh, yeah, in terms of my background, most of my career has been in the data and analytics space. I previously ran two different agencies. I was also a senior executive at a company called WebTrans for just about a decade, which we sold to Oracle back in 2017. Currently, the founder and CEO of Concord, which is a data privacy company. We basically help companies comply with global data privacy regulations, everything from GDPR to all the different flavors in the states, including the CCPA slash CPRA in California. Uh, and again, yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to uh, happy to join and looking forward to the conversation today. Absolutely. So so let's kind of go ahead and, and frame this week. It's been, uh, you know, we, we did not record last week. I was in London uh, for a conference called Transform Base. Uh, I want to thank everyone, uh, that Eric and everyone that, that put that on. It was a, a fabulous conference. And I appreciate them having me all the way over there to speak. Um, so, you know, the, the, the quick synopsis is, you know, it was an emerging technology uh, conference. So, you know, blockchain, cryptocurrencies, AI, immersion, you know, generally what we're all kind of, I, I roll all that into Web3. It's the next iteration. The internet is going to utilize all these various technologies. Um, and while they all have their little, you know, fan fan clubs, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of you can't bake a cake out of any one of them. You kind of need all these things to integrate. And I'm, I'm seeing, you know, AI being integrated into every single aspect of, of human life uh, and every single project. It's now just a footnote. So it's it's interesting to see kind of that that merging uh, of Web three and really adopting Web three or ad adopting AI into Web three as well. But I think the biggest thing that that really I took away from that um, is there was big banks in the room, you know, the JP Morgans, the Chases, uh, HSBCs, and, and a variety of others. And so you're seeing kind of the, the evolving of blockchain being this kind of like, 
crypto kitties and like, you know, cute technology that, that, you know, people are like playing around with to like a lot of these big bankers and big financial institutions and, and asset managers. And, and Klaus, you'll, you'll probably understand and agree with me here saying like, great, you've proven that you can take a JPEG monkey and you can, you can have value to it. You can, you can store value in it. You can, you know, prove ownership of it. Um, now let's do that with real world assets. So, so it's, it's really, I see this evolving trend of what I refer to as blockchain based finance. Um, and it's really just traditional finance rules and regulations um, being applied using blockchain based, um, you know, web three technologies. And so I think that, you know, basically what we're seeing here, especially with Klaus and Dash, um, I, I think that's the continued trend that we're going to see is we're going to see that, that, that gray hair um, adults, you know, entering the room and saying, thank you so much. You, you've proven out this, this technology. You know, now we can use this to scale, you know, really infinitely some of these products that have been very hard or very complex uh, to be able to do. So when we were start, when you start talking about GDPR in the blockchain world, like three years ago, that's almost unheard of. Um, and now it's like, no, this is very, this is highly needed because, you know, we want to play by the rules. We want to take, you know, the, the, you know, hundreds of trillions of dollars of assets and how do we migrate those you know to the blockchain um and so the the problem is is we still have a messaging issue um because people don't really understand you know the blockchain is 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 not you know doge and shibu inu coins um that's just like something that people use it for so i'd love to kind of kick off the conversation with the fact that we are seeing you know uh in in just one week you know kind of a billion dollars um and digitized assets uh start showing up on chain um and and again this is a, a teeny tiny little fraction amount but it's showing a breath of life to what we've been talking about for the last you know year plus which has been this this really harsh crypto winter um you, you say the word, you know, blockchain, cryptos, and I'm really, whoa, nope, that not going to happen. Um, and now we're seeing kind of that, that first thaw. Um, and just kind of, you know, I'd love to kind of just take a, a quick moment and run around the room real quick. You know, are, are you guys seeing in your channels and in your communities kind of that, that getting excited a little bit more about, about blockchain again? You know, Court, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say I'm, 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 I would like it to slow down <laughs> at this point because I think there's an element of, you know, it's been really great to to keep our eye on the prize of like actual building utility using blockchain as a, as a tool, as a, you know, as an, a layer in the stack um, that isn't, uh, you know, isn't FOMO based, that is actually more utility based. And so it's been on the one hand, very nice to not have the, the FOMO as a distraction. Um, and it's allowed us to, you know, to really have good conversations about, okay, what actually adds value, not just kind of, you know, bandwagon value. Um, at the same time with, with people that we're trying to work with, it is helpful if it does, it's not seen as a dead industry. And so you have this balance of, okay, well, we want to see that there's some optimism here, but not too much optimism that becomes irrational. Um, but I think, I think we're, we're there, uh, where now the conversations that I was having, you know, six months ago with people where they said, you know, this isn't really for us. Uh, now they're like, hey, this whole blockchain thing that you were mentioning, let's, uh, let's re-engage on that. Um, and that's nice. Yeah, fabulous. Klaus? Yeah, we see, we see the same. Uh, I feel, <laughs> I, and I agree, I agree with what you said, right? There's been quite few real use cases in the blockchain space. It's been overhyped quite a lot in the past and we need to get away from that and get real use cases out there. For, for me, each organization is def- definitely one of them, right? We offer real value to asset owners, real estate developers, and so on. But we've also had a tough market the last year, I would say starting last last summer and maybe ending ending this summer uh, with a lot of negativity coming from FTX, Celsius, the SEC clamping down on crypto and so on, even though it's, it's actually totally unrelated to, to the security token space, which is fully highly regulated working within securities regulation, but it's, it's influenced us quite a lot. But we've definitely seen a pickup in business activity after uh, since the summer holidays ended. Um, a, a bit from the US, but I would say even more from the Middle East and Southeast Asia. You know, I, I, I want to point out, I, I think, you know, and, and again, we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks. I, there was clearly like everything escalated as far as trading and volume going up, especially with Solana. Like as soon as that, that trial, <clears throat> as soon as they said, like, Sam's going to jail for life, um, he's not getting out. And this is just the first, there's still, you know, that was seven charges, you know, hundred percent nailed it. And then there's still five more coming down the road that we don't even know what they are. As soon as that trial ended, like, 
like the market and especially Solana just started, you know, going that hockey curve up. And so I, I, I really, you know, was, was very bullish about that fact that it's like, <clears throat> You know, to me, that was the biggest differentiator, which is, you know, this was not a failure of cryptocurrencies. This was not a failure of blockchain. This was like a criminal that that committed crimes. And, and now everyone could understand that because if you're a financial institution, you can have your opinions, you can have your thoughts, you can have all the journalistic, you know, backgrounds, but but now you have a court of law that says like this had nothing to he could have been stealing beanie babies for all that mattered. Um it was theft and it was white collar theft. So I, I I was very happy to see that kind of FTX thing. Well, not FTX, Sam put to rest. FTX is FTT is pumping for some reason. So Dash, what's your what's your thoughts and feelings this week? Yeah, I think similar. It's been really interesting to see the shift, I think. And part of that, of course, is, you know, some of the talks around, you know, the ETF, the ETFs and all that type of stuff. Right. But I think um, ultimately what we'll what we'll see, I think, is what they're mentioning, right, both class and court, which is there's really a shift back towards utility, I think. And you can only build the plumbing for so long. Right. So we've been kind of a mix of like plumbing and basically speculation have been driving the markets in the past. And I think there's not to say that there's not going to be more speculation going forward, especially, you know, once there's approval for those things. But I think there's definitely a place at, at this point for real utility and real use cases to start coming out of the kind of the, the the groundwork that's been laid, right? So a lot of interesting stuff that's happening. I think AI plays right into that stuff as well, right? Which is people are looking at AI and then kind of comparing it to blockchain in some ways. And I think that comes from the the idea that both were kind of hyped, right, in different ways. I think AI saw success a little bit quicker, and that's mainly just because people understood the use case better, right? So it was like, it was easier when everybody could go to ChatGPT and quickly see what that actually did for you, like in terms of a in terms of a benefit from a technology perspective. And I think that's one thing that we've struggled with a bit on the blockchain side, which is really explaining those key use cases without getting too technical, right? Like at, at the end of the day, blockchain, I think, becomes extremely successful when you don't talk about it, right? It's just an underlying component that's used across different, you know, technology stacks. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's that's why I, I start to say, you know, blockchain-based finance. Um, and it just disappears into the background because, you know, nobody cares if, you know, when you go to a website or is this Amazon S3, is this Azure? Like, you know, these little fiefdoms that people had, you know, back in web one of like, you know, who's hosting this and where, you know, what, like, it's just gone. Now, now it's just, you know, what's the use case? And I think there's going to be this really big run, um, you know, on, on low cost chains. I think, you know, Polygon's perfectly pre- perfectly positioned, um, as well as a number of these other ones to have, you know, very low cost transactions, you know, very high frequency. Um, and, and, you know, again, there's, there's only so much security you can do in the decentralized world. Um, I, I think that we're probably, you know, years, years and years away from true DeFi working. Um, but I think there's a mix of, of TradFi bridging, um, some of these products into blockchain, uh, that, that really we're going to see the scale. So I, I know this, this bodes very well for, for Klaus, uh, and, and you dash on, on kind of, you know, Hey, we're, we're, we're wanting to migrate away from Swift. We want to migrate away from these centralized servers of which, like, when you want to transfer an asset, um, from, from one centralized database to another, it's like, okay, I'm going to mail you some paper, paper docs. Um, we're going to sign, we're going to sign some agreements and, you know, in three to six months, that asset will, will move from one exchange to the other. Um, so I, I really am starting to see quite a bit there. The, the other part though, that's going to be a little disappointing, I think, no matter what we say or no matter what we do. Um, and, and it, based on the next topic here is uh, the people are getting really excited about the blue chip NFTs. Um, and you know what I mean? After having lived through a number of cycles and seen this, like I remember last time, you know, certain NFTs that I bought for, you know, like one or two soul or, you know, like, you know, half an ETH or something. And suddenly they're selling for, you know, 10, 20, 30 X more. And, you know, I'm talking to people in our community. I'm talking on these podcasts and I'm like, you know, should I sell? And they're like, well, it might go up. And I said, but why is it even up here now? Like what, what what's even like, what's digital scarcity mean? Like you can't do anything with these things. It's, you know, this is a, an NFT of a video game that's most likely never going to be made. Um, you know, PFP, you know, type pictures uh, is just insane. So, you know, as we see these kind of, um, 
you know, CryptoPunks coming back and, you know, Ether Rocks, you know, all this other stuff. Like the way I view NFTs is this is key. It's an immutable key that allows access to something. And we really haven't done that utility, um, utility access, uh, you know, from gatekeeping or onto or ownership of asset, as, you know, like a real world asset very well yet. So I, I'm glad to see that people are interested, but I, I feel like this is going to be another failing of the cycle as well if we're just trading JPEGs back and forth again. Um, and I know that's a good argument to, to have, but, you know, Klaus, I'd love to hear your opinion on this because I'm sure you, you fight this battle every single day. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how direct I should be. So we have, we have a lot of people contacting us wanting to tokenize NFTs or tokenizing something with an NFT. It generally doesn't make sense. An NFT is used to represent a single object that is typically not a security because it's, it's non-fungible. Um, securities like shares are typically almost always fungible. And if you want to fractionalize something, you wouldn't use an NFT. The NFT protocol is not a good fit for it, right? So if you, to- if you fractionalize ownership of a real estate property, it becomes a security. And the NFT protocol doesn't really support that. Um, so generally, we re- we don't we actually we steer away from NFTs for anything within the tokenization space and prefer to use security token protocols, which are sort of uh, ordered and uh, developed to make make sure that securities regulation is fulfilled. We can ensure that wallets are whitelisted. We can burn and reissue lost tokens and so on. So we can do a lot of stuff that is required by securities regulation. So we are we we are sort of in a in a very different space compared to the NFTs. I think NFTs is a great technology for a lot of applications, but 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 not really tokenization. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. So so Court, you, I, you you've been in the community for a long time. You're probably the same as me. I'm literally at this point right now. I'm just getting back in town, and I'm going. I need to go like hunt through all the 20 different wallets that I own, find all the, like centralize all these things down to a wallet and let's start getting rid of them. Like, I, you know, I don't, I'm not very bullish on long-term on a lot of these things. Like I've got some moon cats and I don't even know what the hell these things are. Um, and I'm looking at going like, this is the time, you know, if there's liquidity, now's a great time to exit because I'm, I'm just not bullish um, on, on another cycle of these things. You know, it's, it's, you know, I think we'll get a little bit of it, but I, I'm, I'm not long-term like thinking these are going to, you know, be worth stuff, you know, decades from now. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a there's a connection with something that you said earlier about uh, low cost chains coming into the fore, and so you see, mo- you know, more kind of more adoption, more utility. Um, you know, something like a, you know, I think on that on that uh, the tweet that was just shared, uh, they were all ETH uh, ETH projects, I think, um, and so you know, you you have now you're paying this, you know, bull market ETH gas at you know crazy transaction fees. Um, you know, to me, an NFT, the NFT market is kind of an indicator. It's like the the uh, the fear greed index. It's basically like if, if NFTs are up, then that means there's optimism in the market, right? Um, to, I, I couldn't agree with you more, though, about the role of what an NFT is uh, changing. Uh, you know, kind of in, in as, as as there's more utility, as there's more adoption, and I think the the low cost chain is is what makes that happen, right? Is that if you can take um, you know, one of the things that we're constantly struggling with is like, yes, we'd like to incorporate blockchain into this, but if there is a current web chain, you know, a web two database solution that you're using that is uh, faster and cheaper, uh, and and that the you know the the validation of ownership or whatever as from a from a permissionless standpoint doesn't necessarily add the value that um, that that you wanted to, then there's no reason to go web three. Um, but as more you have, you know, newer chains that are, uh, you know, either whether they're rollups or whether they're, you know, um, you know, object architecture, whatever the different architecture is that makes them more able to mimic a Web two environment on uh, on the blockchain. Uh, I think then you start to open up the idea of NFTs as, you know, we're using them for loyalty rewards. Uh, you know, gasless transactions become possible when the gas isn't a hundred dollars. Uh, you know, per transaction, you know, things like that, where you're able to kind of siphon and sponsor or, um, you know, really kind of blend the NFT into the uh, into the experience. Uh, You know, I I think there's always going to be people who want to, you know, to drive a Ferrari or wear a, you know, expensive watch or, you know, dress in the thing, you know, the the clothes that only people who know how much those clothes cost know how much those clothes cost, uh, and so that's so there's always going to be a, a you know room for for a, you know a, a, you know a, a board ape or 
you know, whatever it is. Um, but I think as more we have the adoption of, of, uh, of the technology as a, you know, it's a slow, I think on one of your, your interviews, you, you interviewed Colleen from Solani. He's like, yeah, blockchain is a slow database, right? Yep. So uh, if you, if, as long as the, if the database gets a little faster that it can, you can, you can add it to a, an experience without negatively impacting that experience. I think you're going to see that. Uh, yeah. but, you know, as far as NFTs go, I, I have to admit to being a little bit of a, uh, a, a gen there myself and just being like, I'm looking at things that are like, you know, now 0.5, you know, 0.2 soul. I'm like, you know, it could go up. And if I would sold it for $10 now, you know. <laughs> oh, I mean, there, there is nothing wrong <clears throat> with, with like, you know, utilize, I mean, we all know, like we're all in so early. I mean, when I say early, not this cycle, I'm still saying overall in blockchain. I mean, we're, we're still so early. So we, you know, it's nice to kind of have some of these assets that, you know, we've, we've been sitting there. There's the ability to kind of scoop a bunch of things on the floor and say, you know, we'll see where it goes next year because the, the having's coming up. There's a number of things going on, but you know, dash on this, the same conversation, you know, you, you work with a number of chains, you're, you're, you're very much blockchain adjacent. Um, you know, and the first thing when, when things get popular is like, it's been great to kind of use ETH over the last year because gas fees were nothing. You know, I, I, I was moving and, you know, paying like, like, two dollars on some transactions and the first thing that happens is there's volume and the, the price spikes spikes back up I, I, that just doesn't scale to me like that just doesn't like you know really kind of brood any confidence um in any shape or form but, but what's your feelings about you know kind of the overall what we're seeing right now yeah i think the nft thing's interesting it kind of plays back to what we we're talking about earlier with use cases right where Ultimately, there's always going to be some level of speculation and that stuff's interesting, you know, again, because we're getting that, you know, that that push again, I think there's going to be some real excitement in some areas there. But I think when you talk to some of the bigger brands, like we've talked to folks like Nike and Asics and Walmart, and they're still pretty excited about the future of NFTs, specifically in the the realm that you're talking about, Cohort, which is the the basically usage and things like loyalty programs, right? I think I think there's still a little hesitancy in terms of how those things are ultimately used and released due to some of the still regulatory, you know, uncertainty around <laughs> around those things. It's similar to what we saw with Reddit, right? Where they ultimately kind of shelved that for a few different reasons. It wasn't just that, but there was other things related to it, you know, um, including some of the scaling stuff with ETH at the beginning, even though they later moved to Arbitrum and, and those things. But I think, yeah, ultimately there's still excitement around that use case, which is plugging it into things that are based around things like membership and access and some of the really cool use cases around NFTs. And and I, I, I do think there's a big future there, but it'll be interesting to see kind of which way it goes over time. And But ultimately, I think it's going to be the brands like, you know, Starbucks and, you know, Nike and those folks that will kind of drive some of that stuff forward without calling them NFTs, of course, right? <laughs> so so I think, uh, I think that's kind of a, a dirty word at this point, unfortunately, right? But I think uh, at the end of the day, the tech is still pretty interesting. And, and I think there's some really cool use cases that we'll see come out of that stuff in the future. That's, that's fabulous. You know, and I, and just because again, we, we start to see the pumps, that means the DGENs are going to come out of the woods. Um, and so with that, we're, we're seeing three entirely defunct companies. We know they're dead. Um, you know, FTX, uh, Celsius and Luna, um, have all had, you know, like once these coins are out there, they're just, they're out there. It doesn't like when, when, uh, in, in the TradFi world, if a company goes bankrupt, you know, they're going to delist off the, the NASDAQ or the Dow, wherever the case is. And they're going to say, you cannot trade these anymore. Um, this, this company's gone, it's done. And, you know, here's your pink, your pink sheet. You can go, you know, deal with the bankruptcy court. Well, in blockchain, this stuff just lives on. It's just, it's just out there. You know, if you hold those coins, you hold their coins. Um, and in DeFi, no one's going to tell you, you can't list something and you can't create a market out of it. That's the whole point is it's, it's decentralized to whatever you want. So. Of course, of course, uh, FTX is is up uh, this year two hundred and thirteen percent. Celsius is up one hundred and five percent, and and Luna is pumping. Um, and and I just you know I, I'd love to hear you know a little bit of thoughts around like I'm gonna have to like have conversations with people because they're going to you know they're going to want to know why and I, I, I how do I even explain this to someone you know Klaus like. Is it just DGENs being DGENs or is there any yeah. validity that now these, these, there is no one that owns these contracts. They truly are coins in the wild. No one can control them. Um, is there any validity to these things existing or is this just, you know, I don't you know, know. Fa- false, false, <laughs> false pumps? I don't know. I have no idea. I guess it's highly <laughs> speculative, right? I have, I have some interest in, in, in Celsius in the cell token myself because I had some 
some funds stuck in Celsius. And I guess if the company resurfaces, which is, it looks like it's going to do, the sell token might have a role and a future value, right? But that's that's not even decided yet as far as I'm concerned. So they're just going out of Chapter 11 now, and I think there's no decision made on, on the sell token. Right? But I guess there's, there's a chance that they will still use it in the activities, right? So... Who knows? I guess that's what people people are betting on. But it at the, at the top it was at five dollars or something, five six dollars. So it's dropped quite a lot from that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's. I mean, well, every everything did, you know. And really, the the only reason I think that we're sitting here today is because of these these Bitcoin ETFs. Um, you know, the king is is you know kind of like we're waiting. Uh, I, I think it's going to be January. I don't think we're going to see anything this year, no matter what anyone says or does. I and I have no no knowledge other than it just does not seem like an end of the year thing that they're going to do. It seems like something in January that they'll be able to showcase uh, something in twenty four. Like just knowing how politics work, it's all about the press release. This year's already done. Um, they they can prep and kind of get get over with. And I think the BlackRock one. Um, which is one of the very first ones, like the final due date, like the last they can push it is sometime in January anyway. So that would make sense. They're going to push these things as long as they can. Uh, and then it really does does kind of coordinate pretty well with the halving, which I, I think it's in about March. Am I right on that, Court? Uh, I, you'd have to you'd have to ask more Bitcoin guy than than I. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to come back to the 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 the, the Ponzi coins, the, the FTT. Oh yeah, let's go for it. Stuff. Just because there's an there's an element of of them being on chain and being you know kind of permissionless interaction with the holders that I think you know you're going to have meme coins, you're going to have meme stocks. There's like I don't know how much of a difference is you know the GameStop versus Celsius or Luna. Like people say, hey. This could be worth something. Let's kind of get on, and then it gets its momentum. But that, to me, there's something even more. Maybe it adds to more speculation, but it also there's the possibility because these the holders are wallets, and the 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 uh, you know the the token is on chain. Theoretically, I can say, hey, somebody's going to buy Celsius, and then they're going to give the holders of the Celsius token, you know, a one to one airdrop, or somebody's going to get you if you if you hold Luna. You know, somebody's going to create a token that is going to reward Luna holders, or you know, there's that's a that's an element of speculation. There's like layered speculation to you know to to blockchain coin, uh, you know, collecting uh, for, or investing. I don't know which which is is the right word, um, but it's just something I don't know that then you can do that. It was like, Oh, my mutual fund. If I if I have you know Blockbuster in it, you know, anyone who held Blockbuster is going to get this this stock. Added yeah. to the fund. No, right? I, 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 you know, that entire concept violated like seven different securities laws to be able to do so. <laughs> but, but, but that, that, that kind of comes back to like the entire problem is, is there is no central authority. There is no one that can, that can stop anyone from, from saying, you know, hey, I might do this or posting something on Twitter because there's so many anonymous actors that still exist in the space. And I think it really, de- there's, there's, you know, we kind of need to have a, a divulgence of the entire asset class. There's, there's crypto. Um, and I think crypto, we can just hand over to like, do whatever you want. We don't care. Like if you, if you think, you know, a meme coin is money and, and you find people that want to take it to, to, you know, buy bread, oh, go for it, man. Um, you know, but the other side of this thing, I think that you're really seeing, you know, with, with Dash, you know, with Klaus and, you know, some of the projects that YWales works on like FinRamp, um, which is, you know, that we want to use the technology and, and really kind of help scale the world and, and, and kind of, uh, bring finance into a much different, uh, much different aspects. Um, cause I think that blockchain based finance, like I said, you know, time and time again, really does play so well, you know, Dash, I'd love to ask, you know, your question on there. So as we're talking about, you know, Ponzi coins and, and, and all this other stuff, um, you know, how do you think of, you know, how you integrate, you know, something like GDPR, um, and, and just overall regulatory compliance into blockchain technologies? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think, there's some different answers, of course, depending on which part of it you're talking about, right? I think uh, there's the whole kind of data side of things, which is one of the key things we focus on. And then there's the whole kind of just regulatory certainty, right? And kind of understanding how this stuff plays in the real markets, right? I think we all realize, of course, that traditional finance needs to play a, a big role in the future state of you know, blockchain success. And, and that's going to happen with, uh, you know, the ETFs, right? So I think ultimately when that does come to be, we'll see, uh, of course, 
large money come in. It's already prepping for that. And I think that's going to be a big part of the next wave. But ultimately, I think that piece then drives the, the use case stuff that we're talking about. And there'll be more regulatory, uh, regulatory stuff that happens at that point in time, right? There's going to be regula- regulation stuff that's built around, of course, the financial mechanisms. But there also needs to be more stuff around kind of data and how stuff is stored. And so this plays into AI as well. So there was the recent, of course, Biden executive order that was uh, all built around AI. And there's a whole bunch of underpinnings there based around privacy and and how data is basically used within different types of AI models and how we also still promote innovation within the space, right? So you want to not stifle innovation with regulation, but you want them to play nicely together as best you can. And so I think, and I'm hopeful that that's kind of the, the future state here where we'll see that mix. And also when it comes to data and you look at something like blockchain, there's definitely some challenges, right? Because it's immutable, like especially when you're talking about public chain, right? So uh, so in that case, like you have to watch out for what you put on there, right? And in relation to GDPR, there's, you know, pseudonymous identifiers that are basic, basically an ID that may not directly identify somebody, but there's additional data that can tie to that that could then identify somebody. And that's a big part of GDPR. And to be in compliance, you can't put that type of stuff on the chain, nor would you really want to, right? You, do, <laughs> you typically want to store that stuff off chain and make sure that anything is stored on chain is... It, it can be decoupled from an individual, right? Now, that's not really the case today always, but that's kind of the goal that you need to, I think, strive for when it comes to that stuff. So I think we'll see a lot of movement due to, like I said earlier, the success of AI and the easier understanding of AI technology uh, because people also understand that there's like, they get the use cases there so so much that they understand that like, oh, my data is now being scraped online. That could be used in these different models. There could be inherent bias, biases tied to the usage of data that could impact all different things from hiring processes to, you know, different types of, um, you know, usage of, of data across all types of business functions, right? So, so I think we'll see a lot of stuff kind of unearth itself as part of this kind of co-movement of kind of blockchain becoming a real thing that's actually you know, traded in the traditional finance space, and then also the growth of AI and the kind of, I, I don't know, synergies there that exist. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've said forever, you know, blockchain was not, is not really built for humans. It's, it's designed for machines to be able to interact. And so I, I, I really do see um, the convergence of these technologies and, and, you know, things like, you know, privacy on blockchain, it, it just doesn't work. It, it, it's not, it, it can't work. I mean, it's by, by design, it's, it's, that's not the way it's, it was built. So there's going to be this integration, like I said, is, is, you know, NFTs, you know, kind of token gating, I think is going to be like one of the biggest things once somebody truly figures out, um, how to, how to do that easier for, for access. I think token gating, you know, combined with traditional, um, uh, you know, uh, web two servers, which are great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with using Amazon S3. There's nothing wrong with, you know, you need mass amounts of space. You know, IPFS um, is, is very expensive. It's very slow um, and, and doesn't really, you know, provide for, like you said, the, the right to be forgotten. Does <laughs> Blockchain doesn't care. You, you can't, you know, you're going to, what are you going to go to to all, you know, every node and say, hey, you guys got to erase this. Like, you know, I know they're trying, but, but that doesn't work. You know, Klaus, jumping over to you on this kind of a slightly similar topic, I think the biggest thing that I've, I've noticed from this, this Bitcoin ETF that we're coming through and again, seeing traditional finance and institutions getting excited uh, about, you know, the idea of, of cryptocurrencies and everything else again is we've just entirely like abandoned this, this idea of self-custody. Like, like it went from like, not your keys, not your crypto, like we're F the big banks to, you know, BlackRock, please buy our stuff and please hold it for us. Um, you know, in, in a, in a pretty little ETF and, and we hope that this is what gets us to, you know, million dollar Bitcoin. Are, are you feeling like the, the concept of self-custody is, is maybe a little bit, um, either short-lived or, or not close to mature enough, uh, because we see hacks, scams, um, and wallets drained, yeah. you know, every single day. I'm a strong believer in self-custody. I have to say. I feel it's 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 definitely the future we should strive towards, and I think the trend has also been going in that direction. Even though I haven't uh, closely followed it, we recommend to all our clients to do self custody actually. And the special benefit of working with security tokens is that you can securely self custody them, and even if they are stolen, we, you can we can burn them and reissue to the correct back to the correct wallet, right? Because it's a security, we need to do, be able to do that by law. Yeah. So, in fact, I also saw the news here of uh, HSBC collaborating with Metaco to launch custody platform for tokenized securities. It really isn't necessary. 
but it's not it's not for security purposes at least i would say so it's maybe more for for bookkeeping and sort of for legal reasons that they do it but but from a security perspective it's it's not required so most of our clients we actually recommend to use to self custody their security tokens um because it's just much more efficient, much less expensive, right? They, they, they are not going to be paying 1% per year of the value. Um, and it's it's in many cases more secure. It's, yeah, so I mean- I'm gonna it, say this. Oh, go, for, go for it, listen, I, I love a good battle. I, it, no, it's not so much a battle, but I think it'd be, we would be remiss with, if we didn't acknowledge the fact that self-custody is freaking terrifying to a normal person. Like if, because you're telling me that it's, you know, I, I think normal people would like to have someone to turn to if something goes wrong. And Klaus, you mentioned you can have your, you know, the, the security tokens reissued. That's great. But if someone drains my, you know, uh, my, my ape or whatever, I don't have an ape anymore. Um, uh, if someone, t- if it's just terrifying to, you know, I, my wife was setting up a, a token, uh, you know, a wallet for her Steppen account, right? She was doing Steppen last year and it was, she had to, she'd like this secret phrase and she's like, what is this? And I said, well, you can't lose that. And she said, what are you talking about? I can't lose that. This, you know, this is the least user-friendly thing it, it, it possible. So, you know, there's, I mean, I know there's some like ZK wallets and there's other things. There's, 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 there's a, a bandwidth between like full, like centralized, you know, custody and then, you know, full, like don't lose your seed phrase. Um, there's, there's, there's a spectrum there, but I, I think one of the things that gets us in trouble as a, uh, you know, in blockchain is, is not acknowledging the fact that not everyone is comfortable with like decentralized maxi kind of, you know, uh, thought process. Yeah. So, so challenging that, that same concept, because Klaus, I, I agree, like self-custody is, is a right, you know, same as I can go upstairs to the bank and, and, uh, you know, withdraw cash. It, it just does, it's not as efficient. And, and I, I think there's a good, good point that court makes, which is security tokens, which have a centralized authority, you're regulated, you know, you have regulation, you have audits, you have all these things. So it's like the whole DeFi thing, like we're going to push that out the window. We're going to say, now we're back to, to really TradFi using blockchain technologies, um, you know, but if someone if someone steals your Bitcoin or you're holding wrapped assets, um, and the bridge gets hacked and and drained, you now have a worthless IOU. And I think that there's just there, there's so much risk um, that we've and we've seen this time and time again. You know, do we do we believe that there should be kind of another tier that's available, which is which is what we have today? You can self custody your cash, you know, or you can go to a bank. Um, and you're, you're insured to a certain amount. And if you have a lot more money than that, then you're going to go with, you know, financial planners. Like, how do we see those integrating? Because, um, you know, with, with the existing kind of blockchain infrastructure that we've been rolling out. Klaus. Who are you asking? You, Klaus. Do you see okay. TradFi institutions coming Sorry. forward to, to yeah, help I take do. care of custody? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that within a short time, all the banks will support wallets, right? So it'll just be merging naturally into the normal account. So the, the funds you keep in there will be insured. Um, there's no doubt about it, right? So then we have the, 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 the national stablecoin currencies, right, with CNBCs. Yeah. It will come out too, and uh, everything will be on the chain. It will be totally natural for everyone to use. There will be no passkey phrases and stuff like that, right? It'll Yeah, it will be much more user-friendly and safe and secure than it is compared to now. Yeah. Dash, you know, again, you, you have a very different perspective on kind of these worlds because you're, you're really, you know, you're, you're more blockchain adjacent than anything. Um, you're very, you're very tradfi. When we, you kind of hear the way that, you know, Klaus and, and Cord are talking about custody and everything else, you know, you get into to rules and regulations that, that you're advising your clients that aren't optional. There is no like, you know, if you want to do this, that's great. You know, th- these are like clear rules and regulations. So how do you feel? Um, is that going to come from, you know, companies that are just going to institute uh, on their own and just say, we're just going to follow these rules and regulation and there's going to be kind of a pivot between DeFi and TradFi? Or do you think that the world is going to come together and, and create, you know, kind of something like ICANN, um, which is like, this is the way that all digital assets are going to be and we're all going to adhere to this because the only way it scales is if there's, you know, that ability to kind of passport around and, and truly it'd be interchangeable. 
Yeah, I think the hope is that they come together, right? And they come together sooner than later so that it's, uh, I think, a little clearer for everybody. But I think if you even taking a step back and talking about the wallet issue and some of the you know regulation stuff tied to that stuff, I definitely think crypto wallets and and also regulation and those things are actually a a big impeding factor right now in terms of adoption, right? Regardless of, you know, it's the best solution we have today. As you mentioned, Jay, most folks don't want to figure that out. And that even includes like technical folks, right? So it's a very small contingent that wants to take on that risk of like, oh, I lose my, you know, 12 or 24 word phrase. And all of a sudden I've lost all of this, you know, money or whatever other types of assets you have, right? Stored within your wallet. So I think the the wallet piece needs to be solved, right? I think ultimately wallets are not the best solution for the normies, right? And And to make blockchain in general just scale, right? There has to be a, a something that's usable by everybody, right? Like, or at least most folks. And so I think, yeah, crypto wallet self-custody is still a massive issue, I think, overall in terms of adoption. Uh, you know, if you look at banks, like in traditional finance, they're not yeah. always the most modern or best user experience, but there's someone you can go to if you run into a problem, right? And and so I think at the end of the day, it comes down to consumer protection, right? What's the best way to protect the assets that we have within you know, within crypto and, and, you know, in the blockchain space in general. So I think that's what we need to see is like something that becomes much more approachable for everybody. And that's yeah. not to say that you won't always have a place for things like self-custody and that there's not really cool, like, you know, underlying technology that basically makes up that, that, that fact. Right. And you look at like some of the stuff that, you know, even back in the day in our early kind of framings, we looked at a lot of the you know, the cryptographic keys and all the stuff where you didn't always have to use blockchain, but some of that technology is very interesting in terms of yeah. how you can protect data. Uh, but I do think there's always going to be a place for actual custody, not, not always full, full custody, but some like happy medium uh, in many cases, I think would be the ideal solution, I think. So it actually makes it much more approachable to everybody. Yeah. My, my, my thing I say constantly is the two biggest problems we have in blockchain are, are wallets and bridges. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, there's not a single wallet on the market and I've seen everything that's even out coming out that working on. And I, I just don't think there's anything close to where we really want to be. Uh, and then the, the concept of wrapping, I think is just incredibly stupid. And, and there's a lot of people that argue with me all the time. Um, I think native coins are native coins. And, and I think that, you know, cross platform, you know, DeFi, um, is, is kind of going to be where it is. You know, you can have, you can have a wallet on every single chain that you want to. Uh, it doesn't cost anything more. You just got to have that, again, that, that wallet and the, and the bridges kind of being able to work together that you can interact cross chain, which is the exact way we do uh, for various, you know, that's the Netscape showed up and just said, you know what, you don't have to be all your information on a single server. You know, you can pull from a hundred different servers. It doesn't matter. And I think we're going to be seeing that here shortly as well. Um, you know, jumping over to another, another reason why all this is important. Um, this week, uh, Argentina announced that they are at 143% uh, inflation. So this is the government saying that they are at 143%. And so just the same way that I think the U.S. is saying that they're like at, you know, eight or 9%, and we know it's like about four times that, um, I think that it's, you know, this, this is a critical situation. Uh, and for people that have ever lived through this, and I've heard a number of stories of people have, have gone through uh, fiat crashes, you know, they're, they're stuck, the banks uh, aren't going to let them take their money out. They're not, go there's, there's nowhere to go. Um, you can't just say, Hey, I want to swap into us dollars or I want to swap into anything. You're just, you're just stuck watching your money, um, be devalued by, by massive amounts. And it's, it's heartbreaking to watch. And I think this is one of the reasons why Bitcoin was, was originally pushed out. Um, jumping, jumping right back to you, Dash, you know, when you see something like this, what's, what's your reaction and how do you believe, you know, the, the projects that you're working on will help um, to, to kind of eliminate this stuff from happening, you know, in, in the future um, of technologies. Yeah, that's a very, like, we've been talking a lot about, like, the impact here in the, you know, U.S. and other kind of traditional, like, you know, environments where those things aren't happening nearly as much, right? But if you look at, like, the unbanked, you know, population across the globe, and you look at the folks that run into issues like this, uh, there is some really... I think interesting things that can happen with uh, decentralization and 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 things like Bitcoin, right? And that's one of the the, the I think the real good things that will ultimately come out of everything is that there is an option for folks that live in uh, you know places where there's not a solid economy that's uh, that's trustable, right? And so we'll see a lot of that stuff. And I've seen some pretty interesting projects across the blockchain space that's focused on that, right? Which is, you know, including things around, I, you know, identity, which I, I still have my concerns about, as I mentioned earlier, when it comes to like how that stuff's stored on chain versus off chain. But at the same time, there's some really interesting things that you can do with, 
um, you know, ultimately giving access to, uh, uh, you know, monetary systems to people that that isn't as uh, in flux, right? Uh, as you see with with that example there. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited about that part of the future, but I think that's something that's not going to drive it as much as it's going to come out of it over time. Yeah, you know, Klaus, I, you work so much on tokenization of of assets and and securities and everything else. The 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 concept is you you and and this is my perception. I love to hear yours. You know, you shouldn't be sitting in that much cash anyway. You know, you should be able to kind of be able to invest and then you know have have liquidity. You know, much more fluidly than we do today. Like if you want to invest in commercial real estate, which has some of the best returns on the planet, there's over three hundred and I think thirty trillion dollars of commercial real estate uh, around the world. But it's a very heavy asset. It's very slow to get into it and get out of it. You know, it can take months and months of time. Um, and so people that want liquidity. You know, and need you know uh, lots of liquidity. They, they buy things like short-term bonds and everything else, which are not you know you're, you're betting on the on a country versus you're betting on on something that has a stable asset. How how do you feel that you know DigiShares you know is is able to address the, this kind of hyperinflation problem? Yeah, so one of our goals is to make real estate into a liquid asset, right? Which is a long-term long-term plan that is really difficult to achieve but um, I think we we are we are we're going to get there eventually right so 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 now we have uh, maybe 50 clients that's that's tokenized assets and they can sort of make them liquid internally in their platforms by creating the opportunity to make like a bulletin board where they can make sure that there's always buy and sell order sitting so there's at least the option of liquidity right limited liquidity and then the next step is to launch an exchange to trade real estate where we can have market makers we can even have liquidity pools automated market maker style so it's 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 going to be always liquid right and always able to to trade and 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 then i guess longer term right you can once it's liquid you can use it for DeFi lending and you can also use it then for uh, for for trading in, in a much faster faster way right so i think i think that it's it's going to happen it's just going to take a few more years yeah um you know court and 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 you're seeing this divergence of like you can tokenize anything like there's there's no you know like and and the markets are fluid so you could literally create a liquidity pair of you know video game tokens to real estate and and stabilize that with with bitcoin and if there's enough of if there's enough people that, that decide that that's what they want to do that's a healthy pool yeah, I mean, it, it, any uh, <laughs> uh, you know, anything has value as long as enough people believe it has value, right? Yeah. And so, if that pool, if I, if you know, I think, you know, the, it's going to be fascinating to see, like you said, so a, a pair that's not just uh, asset and you know, stable, you know, stable coin or com- com- you know, uh, country currency or whatever native currency. Um, if we really start saying, okay, well, I'm going to you know, video game and uh, you know, and and this home. You know, it's like, it feels kind of like adding uh, loot boxes to mortgage-backed securities. Like it's this weird kind of, you know, you're adding so many different things. And and I have to say, part of me is is um, uh, is I don't know worried, but I'm I'm very uh, apprehensive about uh, you know giving. Uh, very smart people who are doing very complex financial instruments, more tools to do those financial instruments is a, is a recipe for, uh, for shenanigans. Um, you know, I think the idea of uh, having more, you know, regulation come, I mean, again, it's this push pull between, you know, decentralization and regulation and, you know, somebody, you know, you're not going to get the full value of the decentralization if you're overregulated, but at the same time, you know, you're going to get people's houses lost if you're, you know, if you're, if you don't have regulation, right? So um, I'm apprehensive. I'm, I'm curious. It's not really the, the, the world I play in, but uh, I am, it definitely, it definitely makes me worry. Well, I think that it's interesting because what it does to me is it opens up options. And so the, the concept is, you know, again, I'm, I, I try to stay away from as much of the DGEN stuff as, as possible. But, um, you know, a, a couple of years ago when I first, the, uh, and here's a good Solana example. The first time I heard about Solana, forget about what it does, who it is. I just said, this is very interesting. They, they clearly have a, a very strong VC backing. Uh, there's a lot of theses. It's a next generation chain. Um, but in the United States, it, it was not listed on, on Coinbase or Kraken. You, it was not available. But I said, I, I'm interested in this investment. So I started with uh, some USDC and USDT. And it was a, to, to acquire it for myself. It was five different um, you know, DeFi 
uh, pass that I had to do to eventually be able to acquire it. You know, this is way back, you know, when it was, you know, under $5, probably under that, um, that I had to go through all these paths to be able to get it. But at the end of the day, it did work. I was able to acquire it and I, I had a great time with it during the bull run. And I think that's kind of what I'm trying to say is, you know, Klaus can have this ultra secure, like security of like real estate tokenization and, and someone can have their meme coins over here and, and, and it may not be a one-to-one, you know, pairing, but you can, you can get out of a, a garbage protocol or garbage fiat somehow, like you have at least a chance of escaping something and getting to, to real value. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'd, I'd love to see by some type of standardization um, that you, it doesn't take five, you know, five things and, and someone who, you know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm that smart at this stuff, but like, it took a while to figure out how to do it. Um, don't even get me started on the tax exposure on what in the world I've done. But, but I mean, you know, at least we're able to, at least I was able to say like, this is garbage. I don't want it. Um, referring to my USDC. I do want this, which I had more, which I perceived was more value. And it, and it absolutely was, you know, Solana went from, you know, five, six dollars and, and, you know, went all the way up to the $200. So it was, it was a good thesis, but it was not easy to do. And I think that that's what I'm trying to get at is that, Rules and regulations are fine. Um, we want to adhere to them, but but how do we create the opportunities that people, when they see something and they know it has more value than this 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 devalued currency, um, how does it happen? So, thank you for thank you for that conversation. Um, and jumping back over to why I don't like wallets, uh, Polynex, uh, who has hot wallets, they are they you know hot hot versus cold wallets. We're not going to dive into it here. Um, they had a, a hundred fourteen million dollar hack. Um, and this is standard. 114 million, unfortunately, is not a big one. Uh, we don't really talk about it until it gets into the billions. But every single day, I have in my Twitter uh, bookmarks, I have an entire like bookmark category of nothing but just hacks. And every single day, it's like, oh, we're going to add two or three more to these. So the, the concepts around security, um, we're, we're just not there. So you know, Klaus, I, I completely agree with you. You know, centralized authorities regulating, uh, regulating, you know, uh, on-chain securities and on-chain assets, it, it solves that problem. Oh you stole it. Hey, submit the, the proper paperwork. We're going to put the asset back there because if I lose the title of my car, at the end of the day, it's just a piece of paper. It has no meaning whatsoever it is. I have to turn that into a centralized authority and then they will move They will move that asset from one to the other. And that's essentially what we're saying. The concept of true self-custody is if I lose my title to my car, I no longer own my car. And if somebody has it, uh, then they can they have a, a rightful claim to say, nope, he's he's got my car. I want I want that. That just doesn't fly in in, in society. And I can't see that being a, a thing that catches on. Um, but but love to hear your thoughts on this one, Klaus, and then we'll go around the room. Yeah, no, I I think I I can repeat what I said before, right? So in the in the, in the security token space, we have it easy, right? Because we are required by law to make sure the tokens that are stolen or somehow misplaced can be burned and reissued, but that's obviously not the case with the rest of the cryptocurrency world. So, uh, so yeah, like a good, safe self-custody is, is too difficult, I think, still, right? And it has to be improved for that to be fully secure. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I can add so much. No, there, there's not much there. But I mean, Court, you, you're on Fireside with us every single week. It's like, we don't even really talk about these things anymore other than like, you know, protect yourself. You know, like I, I go there, I, I mean, there's an entire laptop that's air gapped that, that I have to use to, to do this stuff. Um, you know, do, do you feel comfortable even using, you know, like these guys are professionals. Like Polynex is not a bunch of little kids that are just messing around. Like these guys know what they're doing um, and they're getting hacked. No, you know, and it's, it, there's social, there's, you know, social engineering too, that, you know, there's so good. There's, you know, posting links and things like I had a, um, you know, I, I will, I will, uh, I, I will be honest and say that I, I had a wallet drain happen to me, uh, because of something that I did and, uh, it was dumb in retrospect, but I thought I was being careful while I was doing it. And I thought I double checked and it was just, um, you know, fortunately it was, it was my, you know, it was my hot wallet. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything that I really cared about or couldn't, um, you know, aside from, you know, money. Um, but it was, it was very, it was, it was embarrassing. I'll tell you that. Um, and I was, I didn't want it to, and this was, you know, after I told people, new people, Hey, come to, you have to be very careful. You've got to make sure you do X, Y, Z, you can do all these things. And then here I am, uh, you know, 
doing those things, I thought, and I still, it was, it was a bit of a social engineering thing. It was a bit of a, um, you know, misclicked link. It was just a, a combination of things that, yeah. uh, that I didn't see coming. Um, and you know, the idea that that is, I, I think I love the idea of a car, like transferring. If I have a car, I want to sell. I currently have a car. I want to sell. I have a title. I'm going to write the person's name on the back of the title and I'm going to give it to them and then they'll own that car. Uh, that's a perfect use case for digitized assets for an NFT that it represents the ownership of the car. The idea that I could have that hacked and my car stolen digitally is preposterous to me and is the huge thing standing in the way of mass adoption of a really good use case. Yeah, no. And I mean, I, I think that, you know, jumping back, I'm going to jump over here to, to dash on you because when we start talking about like privacy and, and, you know, like needing to keep these things on, like if you have that data on chain, it doesn't matter if it's hashed, doesn't matter whatever the case is like, like, you know, listen, big databases get, get hacked all the time. Same thing. There's not, it's not a, a direct monetary deal, but the concept of like, not only did I have my identity stolen, but like, I no longer own my house. I no longer own, like, I, like I just got wiped off. Like that, that doesn't, that doesn't fly. What, what's your thoughts on how to kind of solve this? Cause I'm, I know you spend so much time in the space on this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier with, a, a bit, right. Which is you just have to make things more e like easier to use for folks, right. On an average basis. Right. And regardless of kind of what the mechanism is, you know, we're talking a lot about wallets cause they're, they're obviously a, a, a easy attack point. Right. Uh, but then there needs to be a solution there. But ultimately, that that it also comes down to kind of what you're doing on chain, what makes sense on chain, what doesn't, and and where data is stored ultimately, right? And and that's not to say that there's not all types of attack vectors, right, across different like traditional kind of systems as well as you know some of the systems that we're talking about today. But ultimately, it's a problem that needs to be solved. I think the the interesting thing always, as we saw with AI as well recently, is that you're trying to balance innovation with protection at the end of the day, right? You're trying to figure out how fast can we kind of move forward and also, you know, convenience versus privacy and protection as well, right? So like it's it's that balancing act that's super, super delicate that you have to kind of figure out. And I think that's the thing we haven't quite figured out in a good way yet, as as we talked about earlier, for real kind of mass adoption, right? I I think what's interesting, Klaus, you're mentioning it, the fact that you guys have ability to reissue makes a big difference, right? And that's why I think tokenization of real-world assets in general will be one of the key drivers in this next kind of wave because there's a there's a better, more understandable use case and there's a protection mechanism built into it, right? So it just makes it more acceptable, I think, by folks when they know that there's a way to kind of recover assets. And when you don't have that ability to do that in the case like you saw here with some of the wallet stuff, uh, that's just scary to normal folks. Like, And as, as we talked about earlier, it's scary to even the most technical of folks, right? Like the fact that you have to figure out where to store your, you know, 12 or 24 word phrase stuff, yeah. you know, like that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of a, a, a non-starter for many, many folks. So there needs to be some type of mechanism to ultimately protect individuals and, and their ability to basically use these different types of systems and have a recovery path that also still supports the idea of, you know, uh, trying to at least eliminate bad actors as best you can. Real quick on uh, to expand on that. It, it, if you have kind of the ability for, you know, anonymity, as I screw that up, you know, how, how do you integrate in with, with somebody say, raising their hand and saying, Hey, I was just hacked. This was stolen. It needs to be reissued. Like how, how do you like solve that? So if, if there's, you know, people that, that do want privacy online, we don't know who they are, but we, they've purchased something and then it, they do get a hack. It does get stolen. Something happens. How, how can they, how can they recover that without exposing themselves? Have you guys thought through that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a lot to say on that one, but I think the, yeah, I it's, think, I think that goes back to the convenience versus protection and privacy thing. Right. So okay. like you have to accept some amount of, uh, you can't be completely anonymous if you, if you want to have some recovery mechanisms, right? That's just so, the so it's more of about it. it's more about obfuscation than it is being anonymous. Yeah. It's okay. like if you look at like the you know all the chatter around like a you know central bank digital currencies, like it's a similar type of scale that we'll see, right? Are you like a fully managed one where they can look at every single event and it's tracked and like you have full insight by the government, or is it something that's different than that where there's you know it's actually 
you know, on there's a chain, but perhaps it doesn't always require identification, but you can identify if you'd like to have extra access to protection, right? And so I think looking at how that stuff comes to be is really important in terms of, you know, privacy and surveillance and all those types of things kind of play into it. But I think at the end of the day, there still needs to be something that's that's uh, easier to use for folks that still allows them some, at least for most folks, the ability to basically have an avenue to recover, right? Uh, whatever that is. Well, fabulous. Fabulous. So as we bring this to a close, it's been, the hour flies by very quickly. Um, you know, please, uh, uh, where can people reach you if they want to know more about your projects or, or you? Uh, and then just kind of any kind of closing thoughts on where you see, you know, kind of the year ending up. Do we think we're going to, you know, continue on with, with a little bit of the awakening of the bull um, or are things going to kind of settle down towards the end of the year? We'll, we'll go around the rooms, room starting with court. Great. Uh, thanks. Uh, you can reach me. Uh, at, I'm on Twitter uh, at Cord Voorhees. Uh, if you if you want to to go there, I'm not very interesting. I'm more of a lurker, but uh, but I am there. Uh, the Arden's uh, website is Arden.cc, uh, and again, it's a kind of blockchain enablement. Um, uh, you know, as far as where things are going, I, I don't know. Uh, I think. I mean, nobody knows, but I. I I, I'm. Ha- I hope that that the openness of non-blockchain people, non-blockchain native people, to blockchain as a database technology continues to grow. Uh, I think that it's certainly easier to make that argument um, when you know the candle is green than when the candle is red, right? And so, uh, even if it's not, you know, we don't continue. Even if things stay kind of where they are now, and we kind of maintain, I think that that still gives us a um, you know, a, a good a good foundation to build on as we say, no, hey, this is this is actually it's not going away. I think part of the the issue was that over the last year it was like oh, I'm not getting into blockchain because it's going away. Uh, but if we kind of have have come back up a little bit and and then maintain over the next couple months the argument of no, no, this is we're just you know going through growing pains and there was FTX and we're kind of getting our house in order as an industry. I think that's much more uh, you know compelling argument now than it would have been two months ago. Yeah, there, there's many more people interested in fifty thousand dollar Bitcoin than sixteen thousand dollar Bitcoin, <laughs> unfortunately. So it's like, yeah. class. Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, I'm a hundred. I'm almost a hundred percent sure that blockchain will continue to develop as an infrastructure technology in a, in the financial services space. We see more and more big players coming into the space, investing in companies, doing POCs, rolling out quite large projects and so on. And I think they just see it as a great infrastructure. So I'm not, I'm not so worried, worried about that, I have to say. And I think tokenization will sort of ride on, on, on the back of, of, of that trend and will also become sort of just, just a way of, of doing things in the future. Uh, I also believe the, the, that we are seeing the start of a, of a bull, bull run, but of course, no guarantees. Um, we are also very easy to find. So DDCS.io is, is our uh, webpage. We are on Telegram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and uh, yeah, really easy to find. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Great to see you again, Klaus. Dash, where, where can people find you and, and uh, are, are we heading up or down from here? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, th- I agree with everybody else. I think we're likely heading up, right? And I think it's exciting to see us kind of shifting to the next evolution, which is really the use case kind of evolution, right? And finally, it becoming uh, just a technology layer that we use in very interesting ways. And there's a lot of great stuff that came out of the, you know, the speculation phase, which will always be a component of, and I think that's a good thing to a certain extent, right? And so I'm excited to see kind of where that stuff goes and how it eventually just becomes something that people use. You don't even have to talk about it, right? It's just a, it's just an underlying mechanism for certain, for certain use cases. And I think there's a lot of great advancements that have happened due to everything that's happened over the last few years that we can take advantage of going forward. So yeah, I, I'm definitely bullish. I think it's, you know, it'll be interesting to see kind of when that stuff happens. I think as you mentioned earlier, Jay, uh, January seems a little more likely than end of the year, but um, yep. you know, ultimately when the, uh, when that stuff comes to be, and there's a little more certainty here in the States, especially, I think you're going to see it. Uh, yeah, definitely a bigger uh, bull run again. Uh, exactly. In terms of where you can find us, uh, we're at concord.tech. So if you're a builder, brand, you're looking for data privacy, uh, you can find us there. We're also on Twitter and LinkedIn at Concord Tech. And then you can find me individually on both LinkedIn and Twitter at Dash Levine. 
Awesome. Awesome. Uh, thank you guys. I, I really do agree with, uh, everything that we said on, on this call. I think there were some good, uh, healthy conversations about self-custody versus, you know, institutional custody. Um, I think there's room for both. I think there's absolutely, you know, when we look back at web one, uh, we look at how a lot of these technologies rolled out, uh, you know, look at, look at the MP3. Um, it started with, you know, kind of, you know, the pirate Bay Napster, you know, LimeWire, like, like, Hey, here's some interesting use cases, but it's, it's not, there's no real, um, you know, thought through kind of how this would be managed and how it be regulated. Um, and that led to, you know, the Spotify's and, and the Apple Music's and everyone else. So, you know, where, where we start, which is, you know, JPEG monkeys and, and, you know, like JPEG rocks, um, isn't really like the future of where everything's going, but the technology is clearly sound. People have adopted it. And I think that now TradFi, I'm seeing it, you know, every single day, Klaus, you've said it and, and Dash, you're, you're green. You know, we're seeing the institutions going like, okay, if it, if it can work for that, like imagine what it does for, for real world assets, real world value. And, and the, the emerging, I think of, of regulation, um, and legal framework into smart contracts, uh, is where we're going to see this massive kind of like divergence. And, you know, the other thing I want to say is how small we are. You know, uh, right now, a $1 trillion market cap, it sounds great. Um, and we were at $3 trillion during the last bull. That's nothing. Like, that's nothing. You know, we're, we're, I'm here and I, I get excited because we've got, you know, hundreds of trillions of dollars that need to be brought on chain. Um, and I think that, you know, everyone on this call is going to be part of making that happen. Uh, I thank you guys for your time as always. For anyone that wants to know more about YWales, we're at uh, ywales.com. Uh, we have a, we have our, our own kind of uh, tokenization type project that's, that's very adjacent to what Klaus does. Uh, at finramp.io. Um, but thrilled to have you guys on here today. Uh, we're going to talk more. And for Why Wells, we'll catch you guys next time. Why Wales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbeck, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. Why Wales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywhales.com. YWhales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.